Hi, this is Tom. This is Lauren. And we are the two evil step parents. Uh, today, our topic is going to be uh, what was the most surprising things uh, that we didn't know about having pre-owned children. And uh, Lauren has an amazing list. I do not. I have a feeling <laughs> I'm just going to feed off of her list more than anything else. Uh, so Lauren, go ahead, take away your first story. All right. So the first thing I have listed, and this is something we touched on during our first podcast, but it was how quickly the pendulum shifted to not having kids in my life to having kids in my life half the time and everything that came along with that. I mean, you are on a completely different schedule. You're on a completely different dinner schedule. So everything that I was used to changed which is a really general thing. Um, did you experience the same type of thing? So I had a relative, other than having to go to the work, go to work and go to the gym, I had no schedule to my life at all. We are very different people, <laughs> clearly from the list to no list, but that's okay. Exactly. So uh, I went from, all right, I wake up, I roll into the office or when I work from home, it was like literally roll out of bed, log onto my computer, do some work. And then just go on with the rest of my day. And then it shifted to I had to schedule when to wake up, when to have lunch, when to have dinner, when to pick up the kids. I never used my calendar other than work in my entire life. Even when we made plans with friends, it was like they may show up, they may not show up, they may cancel. And now all of a sudden I was like, well, guys, I can't do this this day because of this thing going on or whatever. Right. And, and that's similar to my experience. It went from me filling my time with things that I needed to do for me to then carving out time for a, a family that was now part of my life. Oh, yeah. That was the most shocking thing to me because I, 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 I met my kids when uh, Mac was a three or four and Logan was about five or six. And one of the things that I never really kind of appreciated from being just a single dude was when you did go ahead and plan to go somewhere there was a whole process there before a, you were yes. even allowed to leave the house yes do we have the stroller do we have the bags do we have medicine do we have like a first aid kit my idea of a first aid kit when i was younger was like duct tape and paper towels and uh, my uh, girlfriend uh, very quickly goes like, no, you can't, you can't do that. That's, you need band-aids. Like right. these are what adults do. So right. I was a very emotionally stunted man. I could totally admit that at this point. You learned a lot though. Yes. You learned a lot. So along those same lines of how quickly things shifted to having two kids in my life, I was really surprised at how comfortable they were with me right off the bat. I was probably more awkward than they were because I wasn't sure how to approach them or, or what they would think. But very early on from, from holding my hand while we were walking, little things like that that I thought would take years to build up happened very quickly. Uh, yes. So I kind of had the similar thing. Uh, my biggest hurdle in that department was I came from a very non-affectionate family. Okay. Uh, and I think like the first weekend I hung out with my stepkids, I think I heard more I love you's than oh, wow. in my entire history of my entire childhood. And uh, they would hold my hand. They would mm -hmm. give me hugs. And for me, that was actually kind of a weird hurdle for me because I was like, oh, this is what like a normal family works like. Right. And all of a sudden I had hugs and kisses. And I, after probably, I would say probably about an hour into that, I was like, all right, this is kind of 
freaking me out a little bit. Like it was kind of, I started having weird anxiety. And that was, a once again, a weird thing that I wasn't expecting. Especially like you, you know, I thought this was going to be a very slow process. Right. And I feel like, especially with younger kids, as long as you're not weird in a bad way or uh, you're not mean, mm-hmm. they kind of just glob onto you pretty quickly, especially if you show interest in right. what they're interested in. I think that is absolutely a fundamental key to anyone who may be listening or who may be in these situations. Find out as much about the kids as you can ahead of time so when you do finally meet them, you can you can talk to them on their level. So you can have conversations about Star Wars or about Harry Potter or Legos or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and that's going to help that relationship build a lot quicker. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember one of the first weekends I was here with the kids, they dragged me around the house. And that leads into the second thing I didn't realize, you don't know tired until you have kids <laughs> in your life. And my, my girlfriend gave me a heads up. She's like, no, you're, you're trying too hard. You're, you're engaging too much. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, all right, well, I have to engage because I want to show that I can do this. Right. And then very quickly I thought like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. This is intense because it's, Show me this. Show show me that. You know, and then it's like watch me play video games. Look at what I can do. All right, I've seen you do that somersault twenty times in the last hour, and you've not changed it. And then, like, literally twenty minutes later, they come back into the room, and they're like, "Look what I can do!" And then they do the same somersault all over again. And like, I mean, for me, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's super awesome." And then, like, by hour two, I'm like, "I just want to go to sleep, and I want to hide in a fetal position underneath my desk right now." I definitely noticed the the parents seem to be able to turn that off easier than I did in the step-parent role because I was the same way. I wanted to know everything about them, but then it hits a point where you need to draw some boundaries to be able to take care of yourself. And I think that would be an excellent topic for an entire show. Oh, yeah. Not just with the kids, but the other parties involved. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, the, the other thing is I... I'm a relatively physical person. I like wrestling with the kids and, and joking around with them. And what I realized is, like, after the one millionth time of picking up my stepdaughter, uh, it was the. I do tough mutters and stuff like that. I go to the gym on the regular, and I never was so sore in my entire Best life workout th- ever. than having to pick up this kid. And then even like the stroller, taking it in and out, like you're just working out crazy different muscles. And that beat me up massively. Like I'd wake up the next day super sore. That's a really good point and something I did not think about. But yes, um, to this day, I'll still carry the little one around. But he's just at that point where where he's getting to a point where I'm not going to be able to carry him at Disney. But yeah, it is tough on the something you don't realize. So I'm going to shift a little bit. So this has been kind of lighthearted and fun. But I want to talk about some of the harder things Mm -hmm. as I went into this role. What I did not realize was going to be as hard as it was, was the negativity that I received from the ex's in-laws when we would be in the same place, like at baseball games or things like that. And and just comments made. I wasn't expecting that. And there's different ways you can handle it and there's different ways to go into it. But I think for our listeners, what I would want you to know is that may happen. And, and I think if I would have had the expectation that that may have happened, I would have handled it better. But I was real sensitive in the beginning. So uh, in a, a weird way, in a, in a plus a negative way, I kind of bumped into the, a little bit of the opposite situation. So the, the, the biological on the other side. 
not necessarily very active in his kids' lives. He would show up occasionally to like gymnastics and stuff like that, but there was never really a situation where there was a whole boatload of family. Apparently, he has a very small family on that side, so we don't have to really. And they and anybody that he does have in his family lives very very far away. So like if we went to a recital or gymnastics gymnastics class or anything that had to do with the kids, it was usually him and maybe his significant other. Mm-hmm. And even that kind of situation, it was sometimes very very hard. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily from him so much. He usually kind of stayed in the background more than anything else. He was engaging, very cordial. But recently, we would bump into issues with his significant other, who seemed to be, lack of a better term, a woman of passion. So that was things that we would bump into in a very, very negative situation. Nasty looks, nasty comments, looking up and down, judging Judging. eyes Mm -hmm. all the time. So, and as as a stepmom... Having to deal with a ste- with a biological mom, I could see that being way more prevalent. And I was surprised at, at how far it spread, just with the family on the other side. And I just wasn't expecting it. Oh yeah, definitely. But with anything, I think time has helped. And, you know, we can all be in the same place now, and it's cordial, it's respectful, and that's fantastic. But the first and the beginnings are, are can be hard. Well, I feel like especially in that kind of situation, there's always going to be initial kind of weird anger, animosity, because it's like, who are you? Why are you in my kid's life? Right. You were going to be an influencer in my child's life, and I may not like how you influence my kids. Right. So the other person's defenses is up, your defenses are up, and I feel like that is not a, unless there's things that they constantly do, or maybe you constantly do, there's no continuation of that like you can't keep that anger up especially from the initial like who the hell are right. you and what are you doing with my kids that's not good for anyone especially the kids because they are so kids are so perceptive and they know when when the adults are not getting along and they will call you on it and then you have to answer and defend your actions which is not fun to answer an eight-year-old of you know why why did this happen uh, yeah definitely I know for me, one of the, the, the personal struggles that I had was, like I said, I, I didn't come from the most warm, mm-hmm. lovey, touchy, feely family. And one of the biggest struggles that I had, especially when it comes to discipline on both sides of the family, is I tend to be a little bit harsher than, than my girlfriend does. And she, she, she tells me, like, listen, you, you're at a 10, you get to bring it down to like a 5 at mm-hmm. least. Because with my, with my family, it was... You skinned your knee. All right. Well, that sucks. <laughs> go, go cry about it. Or, or, you know, I had a working mom. I was on my own a lot of the time. It was, well, there was no one to cry to. So when kids, when my stepkids would come up to me, I, I skinned my knee. They'd be crying. I'd be like, well, you know, rub some dirt in it. There's a paper towel and electrical tape wrapping around it. You'll be fine. You'll live. Same thing when it comes to uh, doing things around the house. They would be like, well, I want some milk. I'd be like, well, I'm you're closer to the refrigerator than I am. You can gl- grab a, some milk. You can grab, you know, a glass. And then my girlfriend very nicely told me, uh, they will spill it all over the place. It will become a hot mess. And that's when I realized that I have to deal with my stepkids the same way I would deal with my very drunk friends at a late night. Because it's kind of the same mentality. I'm going to do this because I want to do it. It doesn't make sense. And then if I'm going to talk to you about it, it's just going to be me rambling and you can't, I, 
you can't convince me otherwise of what I'm going to do. So I think one of the things I had written down and I think is the theme underlying all of this is I was surprised and I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised at how different my upbringing was compared to that of my stepkids, which again, saying that out loud, duh, yeah, everyone has a different upbringing. But I think that leads way to what these surprises are. So you talked about not having that affectionate of a family. So you were surprised to see the kids be so affectionate with you. And I think that was something that as it's been three years now, I've taken reflection in and I've thought about it, but I really do have to stop myself and not get angry or irritated when they don't know something that I was taught and realize that I'm the teacher in this situation. And now I have the opportunity to show them um, how to read or introduce them to a new author or a new book or something that they may not have learned about when they were growing up. Yeah, and that that leads to my interests and what I kind of, and I found myself doing this. So uh, my stepdaughter is really into the kind, she's really kind of, let me learn something about what you're interested in. Whenever I'm some, interested in something, she's like, ooh, let me try that food. Let me try this. Let's watch this together. That's awesome. Uh, my stepson is interested in the complete opposite things that I am. Like, I'm into video games. He's into video games, but he's more interested in your Fortnites, your first-person shooters. I'm more interested in, sto- like, story-based games. Mm-hmm. He will sometimes... Oh, this is going to be my super nerdy moment. We've been re-watching uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation because we're looking forward to the new Picard series. So we try to get him to sit down. And what I learned is if you tell him to sit down, he will not. He'll be like, I'm going to go play video games or do whatever. If we just kind of let it run in the living room and he comes sits down, he'll sit there for three or four hours. But what I found, this is going to sound really, really rough on my part because I'm like, I want them to be interested in the things I'm interested. Sure. Like I found myself getting kind of frustrated and sometimes angry like i'm like no you're gonna watch this you're gonna sit down and watch it you're gonna like it you're gonna gonna like it (laughs) you're gonna like it and you're gonna love it and don't talk to me during star wars don't do it or uh i will burn down everything you hold sacred but and i had to really kind of pull that back because he's his own individual and sometimes that's the hardest struggle that you have to deal with is like you want to lead them and you kind of want them to kind of be a clone of yourself but they have to be their own individual and i can't imagine how hard it is for biological parents if we feel that way mm-hmm. i mean it must be a hundred times stronger of a feeling <laughs> well because we don't have that genetic component right like you, you don't have like I, one of the reasons i decided not to have children is because uh, migraines horrible debilitating migraines run in my family i would feel absolutely horrible if my kid down the road all of a sudden said my head hurt and couldn't move for like a day and a half because mm-hmm. that be like well that's that's my deal right there I, I gave you that welcome happy enjoy that pain so and you know as a biological parent i could see that in almost everything they do like you'd be like that, that's half of you so and you can always blame it on the other parent like that's oh that's the thing i don't like about the other parent that must be where they got it from But But the fact of the matter is they are their own people. And what was surprising or a struggle for me is knowing that they're their own person, but not having been there to watch them grow up or know the experiences that they have had. So sometimes I would say something and I'd get some attitude back. Like, yeah, I already know that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you knew that because I wasn't there. (laughs) Well, I know with me, it's, it's, 
I, I know a ridiculous amount of facts. Like I, I can't. I took a bunch of CPR lessons. If somebody goes down, they're 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 done. I I don't remember any of it, but I can remember all the extended Star Wars universe and weird things. My girlfriend makes fun of me all the time about it. But it, it it's one of those things where when my kids disagree with me on something that I know, <laughs> I don't know why it infuriates me more than anything else. Because I'm like, no, I'm 35 years old. Do you I've get been, the Google? Do you prove prove it to them? I, I do, uh, but specifically my stepdaughter, who is funny as anything, will be like, nope, not true. And I'd be like, let's Google it. And she'd be like, that's not right. I'm not listening, blah, 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 blah. She will do that, and it will drive me insane all the time. So it, it's the weird things that you find that you're like, and it's more of a reflection on yourself than Absolutely. anything else. Like I had to come to the realization of a lot of things about myself. So, uh, and that was one of the more, the most shocking thing out of anything that I learned about having stepkids is you learn so much about yourself, your upbringing. Like I had to come to the rationalization of a lot of things about my life. Right. All right. Switching gears again, but not really. Okay. Pause. Okay. Fair enough. Talking about how things are a reflection of yourself and how we're really looking inward and our stepkids are bringing it out of us. One of the things that was shocking to me, and I mentioned this earlier, was how sensitive I was. So here's an example. We were coming back from a Christmas vacation and someone in the car made a comment of, hey, that was a fun family vacation. And the little one looked at me and said, you're not part of our family. Oh, it just, and I just busted so out hard. crying. And and he he was younger, and he was saying, "Well, your last name is different from ours, so you're not part of our family." And now I look back and I think, "Well, that I should not have reacted that way." But I was I was so sensitive all the time about everything. So I, I still am sometimes. It, let's be honest. I I have bumped into that issue myself. Uh, and I'm always waiting for the the statement, you're not my real dad, that that I know that's coming down the line when they become teenagers and they're smoking cigarettes. Kids don't smoke cigarettes anymore, but that's my mind. And like a back of a Camaro. Uh, I have. I, I think we live in 1984. I don't know why. It is 2019. It, it is 2019. <laughs> They'll be vaping. Um, but it's, it's one of those things, like the emotions that you feel are turned up to 11. Like I have never been more i'm not an angry person unless i'm behind the wheel of a car then i'm a horrible horrible human being but when don't drive when tommy's driving no 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 slow drivers in the left lane i have uh, the hatred of of a thousand sons but um one of the things that i realize is especially when they talk back to you or something like that and the 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 anger that you feel feel when that happens it, it it's incredible but then on the other flip side uh, uh, we were at disney one point and mac was probably about six or seven years old and i was holding her up at like the 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 frozen ever after when they mm-hmm. make the castle do all crazy things and she just looks at me and i already have a lot of emotion my best memories as a kid is at disney world so it's already kind of an emotional sure. thing for me but then she looks at me and she just this is like the first time i felt it she goes like, "I love you," and I, I literally had that frog in my throat. I could not breathe. I was like, "I love you too," <laughs> and like, there's fireworks and everything's, you know, they're playing the Frozen song and everything. I'm just like, "This was a magical day of my life," and it took everything for me not to just become a crying mess right yeah. then and there. 
So, because I remember what it felt like for me then, and now she's having that experience, and it's so dumb. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It is it's, not. It's so ridiculous how crazy you just flip that emotion so quickly. Well, I think that's a really good point because, and I'm assuming here, but when biological parents have a child, they, you know, the adage is, it's the happiest day of my life. Like, they fall in love right away. Yeah, yeah. It takes time when you're in the step-parent role and you have your Disney story. We were hiking and I was carrying the little one and he was freezing cold and put his hands like inside my scarf to warm up and that's when I felt it. Uh, I will never forget uh, it. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, you know that moment. You you fall in love with that. Oh, yeah. Like, that that was my moment. And with with Lorian, it was... It was one of these moments where we were, I think we were building Legos. We were doing something with Legos. It was right after Christmas. And he, he just gave, came over, got up, stopped his Legos, gave me a great big hug, and said, I love you. And I, I just wound up kind of looking at him. I was like, man, oh, man, this is, I love this kid. This kid is awesome. And then on the flip side of it, then 10 minutes later, he does something. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's it's just this emotional roller coaster that you have with kids. It is an emotional roller coaster. And not only our emotions, but then their emotions. So something else I was surprised about was the assumptions people make about family units and how it can set off the kids. So, for example, we would be out to dinner and someone would order a Coke and the waitress would look at me and say, mom, is that okay? And that was like their trigger. Mm. And then they just would be withdrawn and start crying. And that made me feel horrible. It made the waitress feel horrible. So I've gotten to a point where I'll try to either give someone a heads up Mm -hmm. and and we've gotten better at it. If, If someone accidentally calls me mom, they're better with it. But that was very surprising also. And something you don't think about. Yeah, I wonder if there's a, especially between the difference between a stepmom and a stepdad cuz I I've I've been called dad a pl- couple of times and the kids have never really mentioned it in the past. Now, it was a weird thing when we started tossing the stepdad word around in the house. Mm-hmm. Um the kids would be, well, you know, you you're not my stepdad and the the reason being is is cuz my my girlfriend and I obviously are since I keep on calling my girlfriend are not married. Right. Uh, we don't have any plans to get married. She she's gone down the aisle twice. I never have, uh, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. We've had that conversation, and that's still it, it's no longer a topic of contention. But I they call me their stepdad. Uh, the only problem that we bump into now is that they really want us to get married, oh. and Mac specifically and Logan too but they're like we want you to get married and we have this conversation every once in a while and it's a rough conversation because they really do but the other side of it is they they make statements like you'll love me more if we get if you guys get married how do you guys handle that we kind of say well why do you feel that way why why do you think I would love you more it's like well because then you'd be my stepdad like well I'm your stepdad now and they're like, well, now you have to be married to be my stepdad. I go like, well, there's your mom is still your mom, your dad is still your dad, and they're not married. So, and and that's kind of how we work around it. But it's also the 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 typical family unit is something that when you're when you're split up family, a mixed family, that is is very very hard for especially kids to understand. Right. Because you know. The, the whole idea is boy meets girl, 
boy girl date they get married and have children anything and it's been ingrained in their brain since they were itty bitty kids Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden that's not how it rolls right and you have a mixed family you may have step parents on the other side you may have an entire gigantic family unit on the other side and a smaller family unit on the other side uh and it's it's trying to explain to them this is all okay as long as you're loved right by everybody it's all okay and that's kind of how we describe it when they're like we want you to get married we want you to get married and we're like you know that's not out of the realm but right now as it stands that's not where we're going with this that's a very hard conversation to have but i think you guys are positioning it in an absolute right way it it's not one size fits all in any way shape or form for any of this Mm -hmm. so if you can have open and honest communication with everybody about how things are and just really focus on the love piece i think that that's what is most important and one of the things that i bumped into and i I think anybody that really doesn't have kids is you're very judgy of people when they have their kids out in public it's like oh is that just when you had stepkids or did you feel that way all the time oh i oh i had i had i my judgment changed okay my judgment because i was one of those people where i'm like Oh, uh, you know, if I had kids, they wouldn't be on their tablet in the oh, in, yeah. <laughs> in the restaurant. And God, just engage with your kids. And kids beat you up. And it's also sometimes it's the path of least resistance. It really is. Like you're like, all right, I could either is the juice worth the squeeze at this point? Am I going to get into this argument with a six year old child that rationale is not a thing that is even in their vocabulary? Right. And it's like. Do I just give them their tablet and just be like, all right, just watch Zootopia and just leave me alone for 20 minutes so we can eat a meal without having something thrown? Or do you fight that battle? And what I realized is I would judge these parents out and about. I'd be like, God, the kids are just running around. They're psychopaths, you know, and mom's on her cell phone and dad, dad's somewhere. And what I realized is like, no, sometimes that's just a survival technique. And, you know, now I judge parents based off of other criteria. Like, I'm like I wouldn't let my kid get away with that. You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, but, and it, it, we bump into that issue with the kids in the neighborhood all the time. But it, it's... I think that's human nature. Yes. I think everybody, whether or not they want to admit it, does that. So, uh, let's see. Do you have anything else? So, the last one I had was how long it is taking to this point to be brought into the communication circuit. And what I mean by that is there would be days where I came home from work and we would be having dinner and one of the kids would say, did you hear about what happened today? Whether they got in trouble or something happened and I didn't know about it and I felt like I was caught off guard or if it was a school event I didn't know about until the last minute. And I I understand from the other side's perspective, it's a behavior change and trying to bring someone new into the fold of of the way things are can be difficult. And we've gotten much better at it, but at the beginning, that, that was very difficult when I wasn't being informed about things and it was by no means intentional or malicious. It just, they didn't think of it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of bumped into similar things, although my girlfriend was always really good. I, I found the wonderful world of shared calendars. Mm-hmm. A, it really, really helps. So we, we both have shared Google calendars, so we know exactly what's going on. Uh, but that was a transition, especially for me. Like I said, I, I was not a 
scheduled person. Right. I'd be like, ah, I feel like going to Target and I'll just go to Target. Now it's a four hour ordeal to go to Target because you're like, pack up the stuff, especially when they were younger. And then it's like, well, now we're going to spend at least an hour and a half in the toy section. And I really just want... There's no in and out. I just wanted to get K-Cups. <laughs> like that's all I went in there to go. But we, we started really kind of scheduling things out and working on those plans beforehand. My problem is, is I never asked. Luckily, I had a girlfriend that was, I schedule everything, so I, I've been at this. So mm-hmm. this weekend, we're doing this. Saturday, we're doing this. Kids have this on Wednesday. I was like, thank you for helping me out through this. It was a blessing for me because I am barely an adult, apparently. So Schedules are key. I would, I would recommend that. I think the shared calendars is a great idea, especially for all the extracurriculars and just everything everybody has going on. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to integrate that into your schedule or non-existent schedule, whichever way you look at it. Oh, yeah. Now, what was the biggest shock for you with the other, with the, the other biological? Other than like the, the nasty looks, what was like, oh, there's another person Pass. Pass? Pass? All right. Can we edit this part out? Um, You answer first and I'll think. Okay. My my biggest thing with the significant other was the, for lack of a better term, the the kind of disconnect that they had with their kids. And I say this because in my case... Their biological father worked a lot, wasn't home often, and in a way, I I can see where he's coming from. I can see where it would be rough is all of a sudden he had 50-50 custody and he had to be a dad half the time. He he didn't really know schedules. He didn't know the, the, the disciplinary techniques that they used, especially with my stepson who had severe ADHD was still trying to figure out his medication, stuff like that. And it, it was it was hard for him. I could see why. Because all of a sudden now he had to keep an eye on his son half the time and didn't really know how to handle it. Sean was absolutely amazing. She, she did a thing called, especially with kids with special needs, uh, with anxiety, ADHD, it's called uh, PCIT training. So it's parent-child interaction training. Well, training, training. Uh, and what it does is it kind of gives you the methodology to go ahead and handle and it's just great for handling kids period it's where the whole timeout system went out things to say when they're like i hate you what your response is instead of saying no you don't hate you you say i'm sorry you feel that way i hope mm-hmm. you get over it real soon because it just goes ahead and takes that power away really instantly and it, it was obvious to me that it, he had a hard time with that transition and that was one of the things that kind of especially when he would take the kids, we had to make sure that we were on call just in case things started going south because we'd have to go in and kind of save the day. And I mean, of course there was other issues beyond that, but I think that was the most shocking to me because here's super mom who knew everything about her kids, schedule, school, teachers, everything. And all of a sudden dad had to now get up to date on all that stuff as well. Right. So, and you're just smiling at me. So I, 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 um, I, I think the most shocking thing wasn't so much from the other person, but me internally was how awkward I felt 
being in shared spaces mm. and and truly other than a few comments and situations there really wasn't anything there that should have made me feel that way i wish i would have been more confident in the beginning and really owned my space of of being there well and that's I definitely had that kind of awkwardness around me because I, I don't know how to interact. Like, I'm right. like, these are your kids. If they're doing something ridiculous or maybe doing something that may hurt them or somebody else or just being, let's face it, being bad at that moment, do I jump in? Do I let them jump in? Right. You know, do I go like, hey, your kid's doing a thing. You should probably <laughs> stop that. Um, and that, that I think, was... Uh, uh, you know that's always a weird place to navigate but the other side of it is and you know we've been focusing a lot on our interaction with the children a lot but the other thing is if you've ever been in a relationship and your your significant other goes like oh my god my ex is here you know that may happen unless you guys go to the same place or have same mutual friends that doesn't really happen often right but you have to deal with that other person on the regular. You do. That's the fact. And it's not only like, oh my God, I used to do things with my, my boyfriend slash girlfriend, husband, wife. And you're like, Ugh, that kind of plays on your mind a little bit. But the other side of it is you're still engaged in very emotional things beyond that. You know, and that's that takes a lot out of you that I don't think a lot of people understand. Right. Is that... You not only have to look at the person that may have been married for X amount of years, they have this history, they, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. and you have to look at them on the regular and you have to deal with them and you have to come to the real conclusion, like, you may have shared the same bed together and the same house and all that stuff, and that's emotionally draining on as well, but mm-hmm. then it's like, I don't agree with how you deal with the kids. Yes. And that's all, because now you love those kids, so now you're angry three times over or four times over how many other kids there are and significant other. That's that's a really good point. Or you do something at your house or have a chore schedule that isn't reciprocated on the other side and it's the, the lack of consistency and how how do you deal with that? And I really think open communication is the best option if that's feasible, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just going to be different. Well, and that's we we bump into that because communication is not a strong point in the re- relationship between the two mm-hmm. households. Um, we do everything wrong in in our house, of course apparently. You do. So, and we're you know, so we bump into that quite often. So there's not a lot of communication, and even when there's struggles at the other house, and they kind of come to us for help our suggestions are usually thrown out the window because it doesn't make sense or it doesn't align with how they see things. So that that's one thing that is extremely frustrating for us. It's another level of frustration that you never knew you could possibly have. Right. So, but yeah. So we've gone over quite a few topics that were quite surprising to, to both of us when we went ahead and took this role as step-parents. Uh, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's going to bump into different situations from really easy transitions mm-hmm. to sometimes the hardest transition of your entire life. Absolutely. And sometimes it's going to feel like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Sometimes it's going to feel like this is the greatest part of my life. I know for me, I've had moments where I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. But everybody's experience is going to be a little bit different. Everybody's experience, unless it's hurting somebody else is not a bad experience. It's, right. it's, it's a place to learn from. 
and you're not you shouldn't expect to be super parent right off the right off the gate you will probably be intimidated by the other parents because they've been at it you're new to this mm-hmm. you're you have to build these relationships and you have to learn to love these kids and a lot of times learn the situ learn how to love the situation as a whole so and I think that's a really solid, solid conclusion of this. Our hope is if you're in this role or thinking about going into the step-parent role or dating someone with kids, just to know what the expectations are. Because again, knowing what other people have been through can help you prepare for it emotionally. So when you are in that space, it's a little bit easier for you. Well, with that being said, this is the end of our, our second podcast. Uh, I don't think we have an official name for this one yet, so we got to figure that one out. I guess it's what to learn when you're not expecting or what to what expect. To learn when you're not expecting. What I to, love that. What to expect when you're not expecting, I guess. So, uh, but, uh, thank, Winner. Th- thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we should be up on iTunes soon as soon as they go ahead and say that we're okay to be there. We're going to go ahead and post. If you like what you heard, go ahead and like us on the Evil Step Parents podcast on Facebook and like our page. Send us comments. Uh, and go ahead and argue on the line. That's fine. That's what everybody does, right? So. Absolutely. Take take it online. Uh, send us questions. If there's a topic that you are particularly interested in, we would love to hear from you.